Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. Hi, everybody. So today, the sponsor for my podcast is my other podcast. I am launching Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. It launched Monday, October 12th. And hopefully it'll stick around for a long time. It features uh, women talking to other women about their journeys of their bodies and getting tips and commiseration and all the things we need so that we don't feel alone in trying to make our bodies feel better tomorrow than they do today. So check out Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And it's also a community now on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. So if you fall into that category like I do and so many of us, um, come join us. The door is open. Welcome to the first day of the Children's Book Blast. My second episode for day one is about the book Libby Loves Science, which is the next installation of the series started by Cece Loves Science. The co-authors of this book are Shelley Johannes and Kimberly Durding. So I'll start with Shelley. Shelley is the co-author of six books in the Loves Science series, including Cece Loves Science, the upcoming Thesaurus, and How to Be a Unicorn. She's also the critically acclaimed author of teen novels and thrillers, written as S.R. Johannes, including the Nature of Grace series, Rewired, and On the Bright Side. She has a master's in marketing and worked in corporate America, and finally traded in her heels and suits for flip-flops and jeans to pursue her career in writing. She currently lives in Atlanta with her British husband, two kids, and many animals. Shelley's co-author, Kimberly Durding, is the author of the award-winning young adult The Body Finder series, The Pledge Trilogy, and The Taking Trilogy. She's also co-authored the new picture book series, Susie Love Science, as we know. Her books have been translated into 15 languages, and both The Body Finder and The Pledge were Yalsa Best Fiction for Young Adult Selections. She lives in the Pacific Northwest. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm here with the author of CC Love Science and Livy Love Science, Kimberly Durding and Shelly Johannes. So welcome to my show. Thank you for having us. You were so nice to have sent me these. My kids lined all these up on the table yesterday, all the little cards of the different characters, and we had this whole game with all of them. So thanks for sending these too. And of course, we've been reading CC Love Science since it came out. And then as I mentioned to one of you, sorry, I'm rambling here. I literally like had just seen this in the bookstore and was so excited and I had read it with my son. So when you reached out, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, (laughs) it was just crazy. So tell me how the two of you came to collaborate in the first place and how you came up with the idea for the series. You want to go, Kim? Sure. So Shelly and I have been critique partners for like 12 years. And we actually met uh, online of all places back when blogging was still a big thing. And we both started in young adult novels. So SCBWI held a summer conference every year in LA. 
And we were communicating via blog back and forth, you know, like one of us would post a blog and the other one would comment, you know, back and forth like that. And I think I had said I was going to go to the SCBWI summer conference. And all of a sudden I get an email saying from, from Shelly saying, Hey, I have this really great idea. How would you feel about rooming together at this conference? And we had never met or anything. Yeah. We had never met in person before. And, and I go, sure. And my husband says, that's how Dateline starts. (laughs) We had kind of formed this friendship online. So we met in LA and instantly formed a connection. We really liked each other. And from there, we started critiquing each other's young adult novels. You know, for years, we had become instant friends. We talk every day on the phone, just fast friends. And so fast forward, Shelly had this idea. She says, I have this idea. My daughter, you can tell the, tell the story, Shelly, about your daughter. Yeah, so my daughter was nine at the time and loved science. And we were writing YA, so we had never written picture books at all. And I went to my daughter and was like, okay, are you ready for science camp this year? And she was like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for science camp. You know, science is kind of for boys. And I was like, What? And she said, yeah, there's just every club I go into, every camp I go into, it's always boys. And it, it really bothered. I, I couldn't figure out. My husband has a PhD in topography and I, I love science. I mean, we, I volunteer at the zoo and we do a lot of conservative stuff, conservation stuff. And I couldn't figure out how she got that message. And it kind of scared me that someone could get a message like that outside of the house that we had not given, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it was such a strong message that she was deciding not to go to camp because of that message. And it scared me that someone could have that kind of voice in my child's head. So I immediately got this, this little girl came in my head and was just super sassy. and was like, science is not for boys. Science is fun. Science is cool. And I just kind of thought maybe I could write like a fancy Nancy for science was kind of the initial thought. And so I called Kim and told her the story and just how bothered I was. And she was like, you know, that's so weird because Abby said that too. And she loves science and she kind of got out of it during school. And I said, well, I'm going to write it and I'll send it to you. So I wrote to Kim. So when Kim and I critique, we just write back and forth and obviously just do little notes and just overviews. But for some reason this time I would send it to her and it would come back like completely edited. And I was like, aren't you just taking some liberty? And we were kind of kidding back and forth. And it just couldn't, I couldn't find the voice and Kim's really, really good at voice. And so I was like, this is a really weird idea. Maybe not as weird as going to a hotel at a CBWI, but (laughs) but close. Would you want to write a picture book with me? And she was like, oh, she goes, I would love to. I I like totally love this picture book. I think it's a great idea. So that's kind of how it started. I mean, we went to our agents were like, we're going to write our picture book. And they were like, but you're YA authors. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know, but we're going to write a picture book. And they were like, but you're YA authors and you write thrillers. And we're like, yeah, but we're going to write a picture book. So we just started and just studied for a really long time. And that was, that was kind of how it got started. Wow. So wait, tell me more about that. So what did you study and how did you learn how to do it? Yeah. I mean, at the time there wasn't that much online. I mean, now Josh Funk has a great blog, but we just went through articles and studied picture books and tried to map out picture books and how the arcs were for stories. Kim, do you remember if we, we, there were no classes. Had, we had um, one friend 
who had just sold a picture book to HarperCollins. And we went to her and said, what format do you use? And she kind of gave us the layout of how a picture book is the spreads are. And she was really helpful. We had another friend who was agenting and she kind of went through some picture books with us and showed us, you know, kind of some do's and don'ts. And so we kind of reached out to people we knew who were in the industry and said, give us some ideas of what works and what doesn't work. So the internet was really helpful, but it was also helpful to make some personal connections with people and say, what is working and what isn't working? And there's a lot of what doesn't work. And there really isn't a right way to do it because, you know, there are so many different kinds of books. But one of the things we really did wrong is we didn't understand word count at all. So our first draft was, I mean, our first book, CC Love Science is probably over the word count anyway, but our first draft was like maybe 3000 words, which is humongous in picture book terms. And so our agents kept like going, you need to cut, you need to cut. And we had so many art notes for the illustrator, which illustrators like to, you know, they want to have creative license to use their imagination and they should because they're so good at it. They're so talented and they have so much more imagination than we possibly could ever have. And we had so many notes like down to what they should be, what Cece should be wearing in the book. And we're not illustrators. We should have cut all of that out. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was Robin Mellum, right? Yeah. Robin yeah. Mellum, the illustrator we had, or the, the author we had gone to to ask for help. So both of our agents are at the same agency. So when we say our agents, we just mean our one. It's our friends too. We call them Renner. We kind of put them together. And like, it's, what, what do we call them? Merkins, Rankins. It's like Merkins <laughs> and Renner. So we kind of give them their Hollywood name because <laughs> they both emailed the same time. But, and then Zibby, it was kind of like when we talked over email, the person who ended up taking our book at Harper, Virginia Duncan at Green Willow, her daughter had said the same thing. So I think it was just that kind of moment where, I don't know, just stars align and you kind of, something just kind of clicks or there's some kind of connection that just accidentally happens. And so I think she clicked with that because her daughter was the same age as my daughter at the time. And her daughter had said the exact same thing to her in recent months. So she was thinking, this is obviously a problem. So, wow. How great to just like identify a problem and then just go ahead and solve it. Like this is how we're addressing it right now. Boom, I'm done. Here's my book. <laughs> That's great. Why wait for someone else? You know, when you can yeah. fix it yourself. That's fantastic. Yeah. My, when my daughter got home from school and we had this stuff waiting, I was like, well, what was your special today at school? And now they're actually in school again, which is like a miracle. And she's like, well, actually it was science. And then she just like held up the book and was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, you know, she's only seven. So maybe, you know, by just starting with earlier kids, it, it will help. <laughs> right. Do you have a lot of people who are going to love science? Like, is this a whole series with like 50 kids or what, what's your plan with the, with the series? Yes, Virginia, this is a series for 50 kids. <laughs> no, we, yes, we have six books and we have another, we have the ICR coming out in February for Libby. So Libby's I Can Read because the CC I Can Read's out. And then we have Vivi Love Science. Yep. And then we have Vivi Love Science, which comes out next summer. Beyond that, so there's six books right now in the series. The third character is Vivi and she is little marine biologist. So she'll be going down to the seashore and exploring marine life and the, the ocean. And so each character kind of has their little specialty, which is Libby's is chemistry, obviously. And what we like to do is include little experiments or things that kids can do at home. So 
you know, especially, I kind of like it. It's especially timely now with parents kind of on the front line of with educators, a lot of parents at home, you know, trying to keep their kids busy and engaged. And so it's nice to have those kind of interactive things that they can do at home. Yes. As a mother of four, I will agree with that. One thing we were thinking about doing, you know, starting to go out and do more virtual, you know, school visits to actually see if there was a way to see if we could do experiments over Zoom. So could we have them do the ice cream? Because it's very simple to do that and kind of lead them through that process while we read the book and have it be a little bit more hands-on. So I think picture books right now are a great way to supplement, you know, and have it be fun at home because it's hard right now. I've got kids at home and it, it is hard to keep it fun. My kids are older, but I mean, they're struggling to stay engaged, I think is the hardest thing. How old are, are your kids? 13 and 16. Okay. Yeah. How about you? They're older. They're out of the house or they're old. My youngest is 19. She just came back from college when COVID hit. But my grandkids are six and three. And so my daughter is struggling with that. So I, while my six-year-old or six-year-old grandson is online, I bring my three-year-old granddaughter over here and we do pre- preschool. So I'm teaching her her letters and numbers and just to kind of keep her out of my daughter's hair while not to say out of her hair, but to kind of keep her out of the way while she's trying to keep my grandson on online on school because they're still in virtual. My goal now is to try to look more like you when I'm a grandmother. (laughs) I would never think you had grandchildren ever, but wow, that's awesome. Tell me about working with the illustrator. You gave her all these notes and then did she hate you? I mean, what was it like? Uh, we took them out. Yeah. You took them all out. Okay. Yeah. Vashi did not need any art notes, right? I mean, right. she's yeah. amazing. So we took them out just so that the illustrator could have creative liberty and just kind of make Cece, you know, who she was. And we love her. Joelle Murray is the new illustrator yeah. for Libby and Vivi. Vashti is so amazing. She got, you know, super booked and Virginia really wanted to have the books come out a lot faster. So we actually found Joelle on Instagram. So she seemed to have a similar style and she's amazing as well, but we didn't give any notes. We, I mean, it's, it's kind of, that's what's hard about picture books is it's really all these people. There's no book that's just one author, right? There's all these people that play into it and illustrators are half of that. Right. And can I just say, we have been so fortunate in illustration because, I mean, we, it took, picture books take so much longer than a novel to produce because it's pairing, our editor took, I mean, she probably took a year to find the right illustrator for CC Love Science. She searched far and wide. And when she came to us, you know, we had we had a vision of who Cece was going to be. And, you know, we had, like I said, we had a million art notes and we had stripped all those out. So, you know, it's like handing your baby over to somebody and saying, now make it come to life. And so when we got the first sketches of, and Vashti Harrison, if nobody knows who she is, you have to look her up. She is absolutely brilliant. And so when we got the first sketches, Shelly and I opened them together over Skype and we, I mean, I think both of us started to cry a little because it was, Cece was almost exactly who we pictured and Bashi brought her to life so brilliantly. 
And so we had, we just felt so blessed to work with Vashti. And so, and then when Joelle came on board, she complimented the series so beautifully. I mean, it was just such a lovely pairing. And I just, I think you can, an illustrator can make or break a book. I mean, I really do. Kids are so visual. I mean, almost more so than adults. Everybody's visual, but kids, children, you know, you say don't judge a book by a cover, but how do you not? And those characters can just bring a story to life. And we've just been so fortunate. So we were so upset when Vashti couldn't, you know, obviously, because we had built three books together. And when Virginia said, you know, Vashti can't sign on, we were just thinking, oh my gosh, how are we going to find someone that can step into those shoes? When we started in 2015, Bold Little Leaders hadn't come out yet. So it was so new. She was so new. And she grew so fast because Bold Little Leaders was so amazing. And we were so nervous. And then when we found Joelle, it just was exactly the same. We were just so grateful that she could step in and, and make it so seamless and and just colorful. And I don't know, it was just, we were really lucky because, you know, starting in the middle of a series is really hard to find someone that can fill or even come close to filling Vashti's shoes, right? And I think Joelle does a great job of that. That's great. Yeah, Vashti, as you know, was on this podcast um, to talk about those books. And she came to my book fair and then I had her at a book club recently and she's amazing. It was so sweet when she was here. She drew like a little picture of a monkey in my son's name. And I'm like, I think, I don't think he knows how precious that is. (laughs) I'm like, this is so amazing. You know, you will appreciate this as you get older. Um, No, but I'm such a huge fan of Ashti's. And, but you're right. I mean, even if just holding them side by side, you wouldn't even necessarily know. I mean, I mean, they certainly look complimentary as you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the art, direct, the art direction, obviously at Harper did a great job of, of doing that, but it definitely was, you know, a nervous time to make that transition, but it's worked out really well. And do you already have plans or maybe you have this and I just didn't know to do like CC Love Science kits or like kits you can buy or like subscription boxes or something to like bring that science-y experiment into the home even more? I mean, we, we would love that. But that's a great idea. CC has been included in some subscription book boxes already. Jambo books, I think just for September. And I can't remember the other one. I should know this off the top of my head, but a science kit would be super fun. You should team up with, I can introduce you if you want, if I can find the email. There's a company called Kiwi Crate, which we subscribe to. And each month they, yeah. So you should do like a CC Love Science branded, at least kit, right? And get it. (laughs) I mean, that wouldn't even be hard. You could just like include some of the stuff and that could be the craft. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or Foodsters also has a box. I don't know if you follow them with fantastic baking and cooking crafts for kids. And so you could do the ice cream maybe in that. And the list of science I can read is mix and measure. It's baking. So that would be super fun. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I mean, it's very similar. So you should, anyway, that's your assignment for today. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Hours on Skype coming up with assignments for ourselves and (laughs) talking assignments and talking about the future, where it could go. Well, I feel like this is such a natural thing and those boxes already exist. And I feel like people are more, I mean, I know we like rip open our boxes because we're so in need of stuff. And instead of having to scrounge for materials, it's all right there. So yeah, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about the subscription boxes, like going to them ourselves. Yeah. The boxes are so fun though. I love, I'm a subscription box junkie. Like I am too. I, I love the book boxes. I get the FabFitFun box and I love FabFitFun. 
I don't have that box. Maybe I have to check it out. Is that like a fitness it's one? Amazing. No, it's, it's, it's fab fit and fun. Like you get like something, some kind of like beauty supply and then you get some kind of health thing and then you get some kind of fun thing, but it comes four times a year. And it's really just like, I get mine. And my daughter's like, can I look at it with you? And I'm like, no, this is my box. Like <laughs> I have my own box. It's a mom box, you know, yeah, just like yeah, bubble like, yeah. whatever, you know, comes for that season. So I do book of the month and then I also do, and I are totally off topic, but I get like the LOL box for my kids. I don't know. It's like oh, a huge phrase for like, all they do is unbox and unwrap stuff. And it's basically like, all we do is clean up packaging, but they think it's so fun. So whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> like, did you right. order us this present? And I'm like, I think this is the box I ordered. I don't know. <laughs> Which box is it? Which box is it? I know I can't yeah. even keep track. Um, anyway, so that would, I feel like, be such a natural. But I'm sure there's so many other brand extensions. I mean, it's just such an approachable. There are other, I feel like there are other companies and things like trying to get kids and girls, especially to enjoy science. And I feel like this is so important, but your brand is so playful and fun and young and targeted that it, it would be really easy. Well, yeah, like we too. really wanted to do, you know, like, I think a lot of kids start to think science is a subject in school. Like once you, once kids get to middle school and it becomes like, you're going to science now, and then you're going to social studies and, you know, you're going to ELA, then somehow the fun of science, I think gets lost that they have in elementary school. And that's kind of what we always think about is what would be something fun that kids could do at home? You know, science is everywhere. It's not just a subject in school. And how do we keep kids off of that track, that it's just a subject that you're supposed to get an A in. I mean, it's everywhere. It's outside. It's when I do some of my talks at schools at the end, I'll, you know, I'll have people raise their hand. I'll say, who loves science? And like, they're like, <laughs> like okay, you don't have to love science. Just raise your hand if you love science. Keep your hand down if you don't. And then I'll say, okay, who loves baking? And then people will raise their hand. I'll say, okay, who loves being outside in nature? And they'll raise their hand. And then I'll just go down the list and there'll always be a few kids that are just like, you know, that's just not for me. You haven't listed anything yet. And then of course I say, who loves computers? And they're like, oh, and everyone raises their hand. They start screaming. And then I'm like, that's computer science. And they're like, what? I mean, it's so cute to like, they just don't think of those things as science because they're not. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like science as a word is like needs, we need to like rename it or something. I mean, not now because you have the books and everything, but (laughs) it has like a a negative connotation, which it it shouldn't. It doesn't, it's not even representative of all the stuff. It's um, like if you said Cece loves experimenting, everyone would be like, totally. Of course she does. Like, she loves potions and magic. And, you know, asking questions. I feel like, you know, just the whole idea of keeping kids curious, asking questions getting out there and exploring is kind of the whole thing. Like don't squash their curiosity. That's like all kids do, right? Why? Why? After a while. Um, so what's going on in your other writing lives? Are you still doing YA stuff? Like what, have you, have you stopped the other types of writing or what, like, how are you integrating this with the rest of your professional lives? I mean, I think we're, this has kind of been, I don't even, it's interrupted it a little bit, but we're both still writing. I mean, we both have projects in the works, nothing announceable, but I mean, we definitely are both writing. I think COVID has been the biggest hiccup. COVID has, you know, if anything, 
you would think that would give you more writing time, but it's definitely been a creativity, I think, damper for, I, for me, I'll speak for me personally. I know probably some people found it easier to hunker down at home and, and find time to write. For me, it's actually been the opposite. I've found that it's kind of taken away my creativity a little bit and now I'm finding it again, but the picture books are actually kind of nice. Shelly and I have other picture books in the works. We, we found that writing together is our, this team thing works really well for us. Shelly has other individual picture books and I, our team one, we have another one coming out in 2020. Wait, 20, this is 2020, 2022. 2022. Yeah. Which sounds forever away. (laughs) I have a couple, so I'm not like, I'm kind of an overachiever. So with COVID for me, it helped me focus because I wasn't going to soccer. I wasn't going to. So I feel bad because my husband built this like super cute she shed for me and it's just amazing. And so I actually have two picture books coming out next year. I kind of moved away from YA and was just like, I love picture books. So Kim and I do the STEM picture books, but I've got Thesaurus, which is a dinosaur who loved words. That's coming out with Penguin. You're co- you have a book coming out with Penguin, right? Flamingo is a new imprint under Penguin Random House. So it's going to okay. be through that. Oh, I love, I love that emblem, like the logo. I think it's cute. Yeah. And then I have Shine Like a Unicorn, which is coming out with Harper. That is a how-to book. Like, how do you stand out? How do you, how do you be a unicorn in a herd of horses is kind of the, the tagline. So I kind of went down the picture book a little bit more, but I'm working on a YA now and it, it's nice to get back. But I've actually found that since I don't have anywhere to be with my kids, it's given me that mm-hmm. space you know, I'm not driving all the time. I'm not in my car all the time. I'm not sitting at soccer fields, which is sad, but it definitely has given me time to focus. Is it sad though? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What do I miss for the backyard? Hockey and baseball and ice skating. And I am pretty happy here at my desk. (laughs) I just feel like creativity, it gives you more space to be creative. You know, before I felt like I was trying to squeeze it in before... I also do marketing. So I'm a copywriter on the side and I do freelance. So I was felt like I was always trying to squeeze, squeeze my writing in between writing picture books and writing YA and being with the kids and doing this and being with the husband and cooking dinner. And now they're like, everybody's just here and I have no place to go. And Instacart, you know, Instacart's taking care of me. Except your fancy she shed. My she shed gets me away from the house, which is <laughs> nice to have my instinct. So... I totally agree, by the way, like not having to race around and get people to assorted things has been like completely freeing for me. Maybe it's because I have ADHD and I'm scattered. Like maybe, maybe that, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe that is just too much scatter for me. So yeah, I think it's too much scatter for most of us. I mean, it was a lot now that we've slowed down. I'm like, oh, what was I doing? Like, how did I even do that? But anyway, what parting advice would you guys have for aspiring picture book writers? Or writers at all, I guess. I will tell you that I watched your podcast with Greer and Sarah. And Kim and I would like to take them on in Ooh. a battle of the co-authors. Because we were listening to, I was listening to their podcast. And they were like, no other writer writes like us. And we're on Zoom, you know, we're on Skype all the time. And we feel like our relationship's different. And I was thinking, no, it's not. We get on Skype every day. We talk every day, all day. And I got in my head, I was a little bit competitive. I was thinking... I think we could take them. Like maybe we know more about them than they know about us. (laughs) So, I mean, that is like, that's a challenge. 
I am going to find a way to pitch that as a TV show. Battle of the co-authors or like author battle or something. And you guys will be the first contestants. Yes. We wins. It'll be like the authors that know each other the best. But that was my advice though, is I think when you do do a co-author, the relationship has to be, you have to have trust first, right? I mean, because you do have conflict, you do come across things that you are not expecting to come across. And that is the first thing Kim and I made a pact from the very beginning. Like, you are for me. I am for you. Like, we are a team. No one else matters. We have to be with it first. If you don't like something, I don't want to like it. If you don't like, we both have to love it and move forward. And no matter what, it's you and I against the world. Right. The friendship always comes first with the co-authoring. You have to really trust each other. It doesn't mean we have to our battle. Oh, yeah. No, we have our own challenges. Uh-oh. Yeah, I would say that's the biggest is because we are on the phone pretty much every day for hours. I mean, my daughter came out the other day and said, started talking. I said, I'm on the phone. And she goes, yeah, but is it just Kim? <laughs> I, said, I said, we're working. She goes, doesn't sound like you're working. I'm like, we work and we play at the same time. Like, <laughs> hours, we get a lot of work done. We just have to catch up a little bit. So Kim was like, just yeah, that's great. <laughs> Is it just, I don't know. What do you think Kim, for advice? Advice. I mean, for authors, for picture book authors in general, I mean, I think the best thing you can do is join a great organization like SCBWI and get involved with meeting other authors. If you're an illustrator, meet other illustrators, get involved, you know, with the organizations out there in your area. Right now you can't actually do it in person, but they have so many great virtual events and find out, you know, what resources are available. Because like I said, Shelly and I had to go out and scour the internet and meeting, actually talking to other authors who are in the industry was more helpful even than the stuff we found online. And I think writing picture books is hard. I mean, it is harder, I find, than it is for YA, not, not saying that anyone doesn't work as hard as a picture book author, but getting a story and a character in, you know, 800 words, 600 words, enough to where people can connect to the character, enough to where you know what's going on. It's hard. I mean, we really struggle trying to pare back our words. So I think really finding, making sure that your characters have clear arcs, just because they're picture books, like they still have to have a clear arc, clear story, personality, voice, and I think that's hard to do in 600 words. Yeah. So. Great. <laughs> I also, right before you, I interviewed Sophie Blackall, the author illustrator. She's starting, you should know, a retreat for children's book authors and illustrators. Oh, great. Like a, a, like a yado for children's books, basically. And I'm, I can't find the little sticky here, but it's called like something farm, Wilford Milkwood, Milkwood Farm. Sounds like so, a picture book. <laughs> Right? It does. Yeah. It's Australian and like, anyway, check it out. She has like a new Instagram for it. And, oh, that's um, great. Yeah. But it might, would be really neat to go. I was like, when can, when, when is this opening? Can I get a retreat right now? <laughs> anyway, well, thank you ladies so much. This was so fun. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for all the, all the little fun cards and books and everything. And your books are just fantastic. So thank well, you. Well, it made me so happy when you said you'd already gotten Libby Love Science. I thought, oh, that's, that's great. It's been, Libby's been hard because it's been, you know, over COVID. Yeah. It, no, it jumped right out to me. Had great placement. I was at a bookstore. It was like front and center. And idiotically, I didn't even realize it was related to CC Love Science when I got it. But I was like, oh, Libby. And then I, I was kind of taking this with my son. And I was like, look, it's kind of like Zivi Love Science. You know? yeah. 
I'm like, it's the closest title of a book to my name ever. So anyway. <laughs> you know what's funny is when I was signing it to you, I, I was like, I got all nervous because I wrote, and then I looked down and I had written to Libby. Because oh, I no. Libby, Zibby, no. And then I put it aside and had to make another one. But I was like, oh, Zibby would be a cute name. I wonder if that would be weird. <laughs> like, no, that'd be great. Awesome. I mean, I, I was so excited. Even this is very, very, I feel like I'm famous. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. My pleasure. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode in the book last week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to check out my new podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Pretty soon, moms won't have time to listen to podcasts. And check out the Instagram community that goes along with it. And if you would like to join, please request to join. It's for anyone who wants to feel body better in their body tomorrow than they do today. And it's a supportive group of like-minded souls who just need the community to achieve their goals. Moms don't have time to lose weight. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Music.